0: Hi, and welcome to the Mafeo Drinks podcast. I'm Chris Mafeo, founder of Mafeo Drinks, where we provide a no-nonsense approach to building drinks brands from the bottom-up. I will be your host, and in each episode, I will interview a drinks builder from the drinks and hospitality ecosystem. In episodes 17 and 18, I had the honor of interviewing Adrian Michalczyk. He's the global winner of the Viaggio World Class 2022 and global top six in 2016. He's the director of mixology at Pier 42 in Oslo. He has an incredible drinks experience in various markets. I hope you will enjoy our chat. Remember that this is a two-part episode, so if you liked it, feel free to listen to both part one and two of our chat. Hi, Adrian. How are you doing? Hello, Chris. uh, I'm doing very good. Thank you very much. How are you? Nice. All good. All good here in Prague. It's a bank holiday, so, you know, it's very calm out here, so... That's good. So thanks for joining me on the podcast. This is a very great honor to have you as the global winner of the the Diageo World Class 2022. Let's crack on with some questions that I have for you. And, you know, this will be a very interesting conversation as, you know, you are one of the top bartenders around the world. And you bring a different angle versus what I usually have here, because usually I interview brand owners mainly. So now it's basically having somebody from the other side of the bar, and we're all part of the same drinks ecosystem. So the first question I have for you is, the drinks ecosystem, it's kind of like split in two, like the hospitality industry and the drinks industry. So brands on one side, and hotels, bars, and restaurants on the other side. Do you feel that they understand each other well enough, or there is a lot of translation to be made between the two worlds?
1: They need to somehow be connected together. If there is no connection, there is something wrong, definitely, because I truly believe this goes hand by hand. We, of course, like serving or selling the products on a off-trade market also. But on trade, I think it's an amazing like showroom of the brands. And that's also the opportunity to connect with the guests, with the experience around which we can build around the product uh, where we using the brands. So I truly believe that these worlds should go hand by hand. From the perspective of the bartender, I would say we have a power of speaking about the brand and explain more about the brand to our guests and give them better experience. So I think it's quite important also for the brands to to focus on the bartenders and uh, to communicate about the brand, all the informations and present it. Correctly, then bartenders can be ambassadors for the brands, and uh, and we can definitely bring these products to our guests and sell them in a better way. So I truly believe that this this world somehow should go next to each other by hand.
0: And do you feel that there is before, uh, let's say, in in the earlier stage of your career, you were mainly working behind the bar? Now you're also representing some brands, doing masterclass, going around the world, and so on. So how is your job change and do you feel the corporate world understands the bar world or or there is a bit of a disconnect between the two like meaning basically if if the brands are more focusing on on off trade because that's where the majority of the sales actually happen do they really understand the role that you're talking about about the on trade for brand building
1: Based on the, my experience, like I can see many brand representatives, which are very helpful and focusing on the on-trade market, on us, on bartenders and giving us enough of information, support, and they really care also about on-trade market. Of course, the biggest amount of money is made off-trade. As I said before, I think many people are buying products to their homes and then, for example, are coming to the bar and I think that bar can be used as a advertisement or as a kind of showroom of the new products. In a bar, you can also order a shot of something. You don't need to pay for a whole bottle. You can try something, and if you really like it, then you can basically buy it home, right? For now, I can see that many brands really care about the bartenders, and I think like year after year, even more and more that they really understand that we can help them with the sales and with the presenting of the products. Now I also work with the brands and I'm meeting up with the people which are sharing pretty much the same idea that they really want to be helpful and supportive for the bartender. So I'm very happy for that because I see that as an amazing opportunity to translate and present the brands to our guests.
0: Fantastic. And you're spoiled because you're working with one of the best. I mean, wor- world class is, is probably the best advocacy program out there no? <laughs> around the world. I can say it with no, uh, no ties to Diageo, to but I must admit that. And what do you think can small brands learn from world class, for example? Obviously, they will never have the budget that uh, that is put in, into it. Like some of the executions are just like incredible. But there must be some things that you can also do as a small brand working with the bartending community, right?
1: Mm, Definitely. The budgets for advertising, they are very, very different since we're speaking about big brands compared to smaller uh, brands or newly made brands. But I think what is important is to try to become a bit more personal and also try to find a way how to sell their product like how maybe maybe inspire also bartenders how to use that product also maybe create small events where you can speak to bartenders and you can try to convince them that your product is high quality and and it can be used in many different ways so how versatile for example can be that product and then we as bartenders if we feel that someone is trying to care about our knowledge and try to become more personal. We also feel feel much more connected to the brand. And then we truly uh, like believe in that brand. And in that case, we are also uh, able to sell it to people. Because if we don't believe uh, in a brand, in the quality of the product, uh, for us bartenders, like we will, of course, always use the brand, which we believe in, in the quality we are familiar with or we have a sympathy. So I think small brands, what they can do always it's to explain or introduce the product in a best possible way to bartenders, and also try to be personal. Like even big brands, I would say sometimes maybe it's hard to be to be personal with the bartenders. But based on experience here on our market, there are many distributors which are trying to pass by the bar and uh, trying to say hello and and asking if we need any help, if we have, for example, new staff in a team, a new team member. So if they have a knowledge about the product if we want to educate ourselves or so on. And this is like personal touch for me and I can see that someone really cares about that. If it is big brand or small brand, I think becoming personal and close to bartenders, give them enough of knowledge and maybe inspire them or show them the ways how the product can be used. I think this is super important. So if there is like small brand which is just starting, I would say like a kind of good advice can be to create a way or uh, give the knowledge to bartenders how to use the product, and definitely try to become more than a business partners, maybe even a friends. And then we of course feel more, much more connected, and we believe in that product much more. And in that case, we are able to forward it or sell it to to our guests.
0: Wow, that's a gold nugget. Like the, I, I think a lot of the the listeners <laughs> will will appreciate your advice on that one. Talking about how people approach you and approach your bar, and and so on, like whether big or small brands. After winning the Global World Class, has that changed the way people relate to you or to your bar and to to you as a person, or or not really?
1: Definitely yes. World Class is the
0: biggest part, and there's competition, and it's a really big thing
1: to be named as a global winner. So of course, respect is obviously coming there. I'm very happy that the attention came to to our market, to our bar scene here. Uh, because it really grew from zero to hero like in the last years and it really deserved to be seen so we have like in the nordic countries we have amazing restaurants that's a trend which we can see like in a food industry that the nordic restaurants are basically setting up the trends somehow and also the minimalisms it's not just like in a restaurants or in a kitchen world but also for example the architecture and so on and i think like Everything is kind of influenced by this, by or like we at the bars, we are influenced by, for example, art and a kissing, right? Like Nordic bar scenes around Sweden, Norway or Denmark, they really grew. I'm super happy that they are now having a little bit more of attention about the respect of course nowadays many people that are looking on me from different perspectives which on one side i appreciate on the other side i will say like i'm still the same person yeah like i'm thankful like that i can be maybe seen like this and it's also kind of big responsibility you know especially for the younger generation to be seen as kind of a leader and therefore the person need to be really careful also like who with. It's working, you know, so as you touch also on the brands, there are many brands which are trying to reach out now. And the first thing which I'm always looking for is the quality. Also, if that's the brand, which we have in a portfolio or not really, I'm branded now with a contract, so I can't really work with other alcohol brands. But you know, like there are many products from ice stamps across different shakers or tools or someone which like to collaborate. I appreciate if someone is really having a great quality of product and also trying to become a personal, you know, so if someone just send me an email like that yeah we like to collaborate and here is the contract offer i kind of don't have really sympathy to this one you know i appreciate much more the personal connection and uh, and if someone really shows me like that he cares for the future also for me is that I have completely different feeling than from someone who is just reaching out across the email by a couple of words that is already showing you that the collaboration in the future will be probably kind of very cold and not really great. If someone likes to work with me I always appreciate a very personal approach.
0: Nice. I can relate to what you said and I mean I've met you after you were really famous so I can guarantee that you are (laughs) a very nice and humble guy like I was impressed by your approach and also like I mean, for me, it's very interesting because I'm Italian. I live in Prague. I've been living here for 13 years. And before this, I have been living and working in the Nordic country. So, you know, I live three and a half years in Finland, one and a half years in Sweden, one year in Denmark. Actually, I'm missing Norway, so we are quite complementary on that one. But I've been to Oslo many times for work with Peroni. And for me, it's very interesting because you are really representing the Czechoslovak bartender community and what I've learned and what I've got to know is that there is always a big connection between Italians and Czechoslovak bartenders around the world and like why does that happen I'm just like just a a note of curiosity like for the listeners how was this connection between the those countries uh, like. there is
1: like i think like long-term relationship between the italian barmafia mafia and czechoslovak barmafia, right there is something about that that we have probably hospitality in the roots a little bit deeper than the other countries somehow i'm pretty sure that also in italy it was happening the same thing like once we have been growing up and then you saw your parents how they are hosting your neighbors and there was a lot of good food and some drinks right i saw the same at home and uh, we have this kind of in a culture so it's very natural for us to execute the hospitality on this level it's something what you can see also nowadays in many countries like if you have a look on a makeup bartending which still probably will be london or uh, singapore nowadays or cities as sydney for example also in many great bars or in most of the great bars there you can see some italians and also many czechoslovaks so um yeah, there is something about this one and I kind of feel privileged, you know, to, to be part of one bar mafia and have a good relationship with the other one because I think in both directions or both nationalities, there is something very inspiring, but together we are stronger, so we are inspiring each other and making the other part of mafia stronger. So yeah, that's nice, cool man. relationship that's, uh, for sure.
0: <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. You mentioned how the bar scene in the Nordics has changed and developed and... I can relate to that. I mean, I was living in the Nordics 13 years ago and I remember the bar scene was a disaster. Yeah. I mean, like, to have good cocktails, I mean, they were only, like, the big establishments. Of course, they are still very expensive, but they were also very expensive back then. But the quality was really low. So, mm. like, the, the price tag on the quality ratio has improved and also here in prague i've seen like huge developments and I travel and i work with prague and Bratislava and Brno and so on so what's your take like has there been kind of like a A back diaspora, so of like Czech and Slovak bartenders coming back from abroad that brought some trends or how did it develop in the last few years? Mm,
1: I think we now swap the sides because I'm Czechoslovak and I live in the Nordics, right? Of course missing Czechoslovakia and I'm always very happy to come back. The bar scenes there, like Prague or Bratislava are still like on a a world level, like the Prague uh, scene or like the scene in Czech Republic has been already growing like Twenty years ago, somehow there has been seen, and uh, compared to Nordic countries, as you said, like in Oslo, like uh, the scene is super young. But there was not really trendy trend of cocktails here before. I think it was not really also demand, but also like there has been no people, which probably show to guests like uh, that uh, they can drink also in this way. So. First cocktail bar, like on the world level, I think like here in Oslo, opened in 2015. The guys from Himcook and they really brought like very different concept with the microbrewery and micro distillery. And they really pushed for uh, local things and tried uh, or basically created the cocktails on a high level and slowly show this to the guests and to people and that demand basically has been growing. This is our responsibility as bartenders to teach people what they will be drinking. Because if we don't bring like something new on the table as a bartenders, new cocktails, new products, for example, like people, they will be probably still drinking a beer and show of fact that we don't assign, right? So this is our responsibility. And if we show them the way, if we show them like new trends, new cocktails, new products, they will get used to that and of course they are expecting more and more so that's the same as we spoke with the brands i think the on-trend market of course is not making that big amount of sales in general but as i said like this is amazing showroom for people which can come and they can try that product in a cocktail or by itself for a small price and then if they like it like i truly believe that they can buy the bottle home. If bartender will also speak about that, okay, like this product, this high quality, because it's destilled two times and then it's aged in this way, or the ingredients which is made from, they are like high quality and you can also fill it in a final product. If this guest is convinced and is like, he believes in that what we are saying, so then they are also becoming external ambassadors for the brand. So they will share this knowledge also with the friends, and I think it has a power of spreading. If you have correct product and correct informations about that around that, so uh, the people they can basically be promoting this product by themselves. So I think like, again, yeah, it's very important for the brands to try to become personal with the bartenders, and give them the knowledge and the motivation to to work with these products.
0: You mentioned like a couple of times and it's very interesting what you said about the split on trade, off trade and the importance of on trade being recognized. And what I noticed is that there are a couple of things. Like, first of all, like I think there's been a a lot of new people entering the industry. And that's why I was asking you that question about the drinks industry and the hospitality industry. Because for me, I feel when I work with brands, I call them like, are you an on trade guy or or an off trade guy or a girl? No? Because there's a lot of people that Came from the off trade industry. So, like dairy products, cosmetics, they were not used to drink, with, let's say, not to drink, but to, to work with drinks brands. And then some people came really bottom up from being salespeople or loving the on trade and so on. And so, those people get it. But then the off trade people, like they need to be educated around it. No, even sometimes, even like how to behave in bars and restaurants. No. And what's counterintuitive for me, and it's very interesting, is that in countries like, for example, the Nordics, in which the off-trade accounts for 80, I mean, sometimes even 90%, depending on the category of the sales, there are so few places in the on-trade that the on-trade becomes really the make-it-or-break-it element. Mm -hmm. Because basically you go into 10 or 20 bars in Oslo that really make the difference. While, for example, if you're in London, I mean, there are, hundreds of bars and restaurants to influence that can make the difference. So the funny thing is that it's counterintuitive. The smaller the on-trade share, the more important on-trade is because there are fewer places and you are more likely as a consumer to end up there and get the famous liquid on links
1: absolutely Uh, with this one i will add some information also here for people who are listening that we have very different conditions for example compared to london or like czechoslovakia in general here the brands they cannot really promote the alcohol on a social media for example they can do the events but they can't place the ad- advertisement to television, for example. Yeah, I think here in Norway, for example, we as a bartenders, we have privilege to maybe use like some extra budgets from the brands which are using us as a bartenders for the promotion. And maybe that's also the reason why this extra care about the bartenders or care of bartenders from the brand representatives is here. Because that's kind of only the way how they can shout out and spread the name to the world across the bartenders. It's kind of good for us and plus compared to other markets. But yeah, everyone needs to work with what they have, right? So in some of the markets, like unfortunately, we don't have these opportunities. But yeah, that's how we have it. And I'm super happy for that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) That's a great point what you're raising. Because actually, I'm very thankful that I started working actually in the Nordics because that's what I trained on mm-hmm. so basically for me advertising has never been an option yeah. so for me I'm I'm very against advertising because it's always like for me make the investments in the trade and in events and in things that people can really relate to in a very bottom up approach rather than top down and sooner or later regulation will always be tougher and tougher so sooner or later the on trade will, will always be more important than that on media spend because that's ultimately where you gain the experience, right? Mm-hmm. Moving on, I'm a big advocate of this uh, drinks ecosystem kind of mm-hmm. thinking. You know? We are bringing different perspectives. You mentioned like distributors, importers. There's many players in this world. It's not only brand and bartender. There's a lot of steps in between. How do they they approach you? Do you feel that they have done their homework before entering your bar? Have they studied what you do, your back bar, your list or so on? Or or do they play that kind of broken record narrative all the time without, you know, like with you versus the the next door, the bar next door kind of
1: thing? Mm, Like that's very individual, I would say. It's the same as someone asking you for a job and some people they do homework some people they don't even know like where or which bar they are entering they just want the job so with the brands is also the same like there are sometimes coming people which knows about the bar they have information they know what we are doing that we are for example focused for the cocktails and they are straight coming like okay cool like i have a product which you might use in the cocktails yeah but there are of course coming people which sometimes they want to of course, just sell the product, you know, and uh, they don't have any clue about who we are. are. many times it happened that there are also coming people uh, to try sell wines. Like I, I like wine in general, but uh, we have like just very few of wines since like we are a cocktail bar and we are highly focused for the cocktails. And it has been situations that someone is coming with the organic wines, you know, special, like we have like 10 types of white wine and you need to take it as a package. Like Of course, like this person doesn't absolutely know like where he entered, which bar he entered. Most of the time, with the spirit brands, the people they really know like, okay, you are a guys for cocktails, I have something cool for you. And that's a great start for a future collaboration because they really understand our DNA also and they walked extra mile. They really have something to offer for us, which can be great fit in into our product like cocktails, for example. So I like to work with these people. They do homework about the bar and they try to find some information about you. And uh, then also communication is much easier. Also much easier, I think, for them to sell it because they already know, okay, if I have good gin and pardon, this is good cocktail bar. So I have like a couple of different ways how they can use it in which kind of cocktails. And they are also helping us to decide, of course, then for collaboration, we always see uh, for quality, we trying to find like high quality of the product. And basically we giving chance even to small producers, to local producers, for example, if the quality of the product is great. And also there is this good communication between us. The relationship is becoming more like personal. So then it's a higher chance that we really believe in the product and we want to use it on the menu.
0: Building on this, Lavius, this is a very interesting point. Like, you are very well-connected. You are probably one of the most well-connected bartenders around the world. And, you know, if a brand is worth it, you probably have heard about it, right? From friends on social media, within your network or your ties and so on, to the Italian and Czechoslovak <laughs> connection. How does it work when, if I go and I represent a brand that, you have never heard of, like, I just enter your bar and I try to sell you something and you think, what the hell is this guy doing? I've never heard about this brand. What's your reaction? It
1: always depends. Like, we're trying to give chance to all the brands and we're looking at first for the quality. If the person is just like, coming and just shooting something on us. There is uh, not so much information around or they don't know even who we are. So then it's like probably a lower chance that we will work together. But always, mm, we, as I said, like we try to find high quality. And if person is nice and has a good product, then uh, he's trying to create strong relationship straight from the beginning. So then it's like a much higher chance that we will use this product mm. later on. O- always, of course, as I said, like we also work as a team. We, We definitely take samples always and we give this brand or this liquid to more people from the team. And we try to find a common conclusion if the product is good quality and we want to work with that as a team.
0: I'm talking about this. Who who makes the call? Because this is something that listeners are interested about, especially from you. You know, is it the bar owner? Is it the bar manager? There's a lot of confusion in all the steps in the system. The bar owner, the bar manager... Is it like the younger guys and girls in the team that are coming with a bottle that they've tried somewhere? How does it work with the decision-making progress, the process? Um,
1: it has like a couple of different angles. We bartenders, we know each other. So if someone recommends like a cool product which he discovered somewhere on a bar show or maybe any kind of exhibition or someone just walked into his bar, if I hear about something, I'm trying to also maybe get it on my market. And work with that or get it into my bar many times there are like just people which are bringing in new products but as i said we work as a team and we're trying to create a collection of the brands which we want to use or possibly might use on the menu and then the decision is from all team members if we really see potential in the product we stand behind that idea to get it and then of course it's like up to bar manager to list it and assign the contract with the distributor but yeah, we try to work as a team always. That's very important. You know, We all of us, we are human beings. And I think that the decision should be made by a whole team. Like, partnering is not an individual sport. It's a team sport, right? And like, there is also higher chance that we will be selling that product actively if all of us, we want to have that product. If there is like just bar manager who will decide like you will have this product now and if the bartenders they are not connected to the brand and they don't believe in equality the then the the bottle is just standing on the shelf right so i think it should be kind of a decision of whole team that okay this is something what we really want to work with and it's cool product and we believe in that
0: remember that this is a 2 parts episode so if you liked it feel free to listen to both part one and two of our chat that's all for today so thank you for joining me on the Maffair drinks podcast i hope you have gained valuable insights in these episodes if you have enjoyed the content please review it and share it with friends and colleagues i would really appreciate it don't forget to subscribe and follow the Maffair drinks podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform by doing so you'll never miss an episode and you'll stay up to date with the latest interviews stories and strategies shared by industry experts. I truly appreciate your feedback and suggestions, so feel free to reach out to me on social media at Drinks or through our website mafeodrinks.com to share your thoughts, guest recommendations, or topics you'd like to explore in future episodes. Until next time, cheers from the Drinks podcast, and remember that brands are built bottom-up.